0: What's going on, guys? How's everybody doing today? It's, uh, ooh, it's a little bit loud. Uh, Jared Atkins, coming to you live. Uh, gonna do a solo shot, a, uh, a weeknight chronicles here. Uh, listen, uh, Kirk Kelly's at work. Uh, I am uh, working from home today, and uh, I've got some downtime. And, uh, man, we've been banging out content so far for the month of October. We've done I have four or five episodes now. Um, Kurt and I, we're not going to be able to get together this week for a Weeknight Chronicle episode. Uh, I have a hockey season preview episode coming out tonight. should be released tomorrow uh, with a friend of mine who's a big hockey fan. But uh, there's been so much news. Kurt and I missed a weeknight the other week. Uh, there's just been so much news, and just it keeps building. So I'm just going to shoot this old-school style. I don't have format. I've just got the laptop open in front of me. Uh, we're just gonna roll tape through ESPN uh, and a couple of other places. Uh, we're just gonna do. I'm gonna do a solo shot weeknight chronicles episode. Uh, and yeah, we're gonna keep putting out bangers. Uh, we're gonna. This is gonna be the month of bangers. I feel like this could be the month over the this year and a half that. We have the most content we've ever produced. Because, man, I, I just see episode after episode's coming. And uh, something's come up with a schedule where me and Kirk could potentially record back-to-back weeks. As in this weekend and next weekend. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. Uh, but anyways, let's get rolling. And I want to start with Devontae Adams' bullshit last night. Uh, this has been a guy who has pretty much always... Um, been pretty level-headed, right? I mean, he played with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron, you know, for however you feel about Aaron, Aaron don't tolerate a lot of bullshit. Uh, and then he got shipped off to Vegas, and the, you know, the Oakland Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders, the Los Angeles Raiders, no matter where they're at, they've always been kind of referenced as the, uh, the island of misfit toys, the unwanted, uh, the unwanted, the unmentionables, uh, and especially when I was growing up, uh, temper tantrum alley with all the shit going on back in the day with Randy Moss and uh, Javon Walker and Jamarcus Russell's bust, and uh, but anyways, I guess following uh, the thirty to twenty nine loss last night, he shoved a uh, a credential. I heard it was a cameraman. Uh, then I also heard it was someone carrying field equipment. Uh, as, as he was exiting the field, Devontae just, I, you know, he just he shoved the fella. Uh, the guy ended up filing a police report to Kansas City Police who said they're going to investigate the incident further. Uh, further. Further. <laughs> further. He was transported to the hospital. Uh, he was tr- treated for injuries that were thought to be non-life-threatening. Uh, Now, Devontae Adams would go on record later and saying, I want to apologize to the guy. There was some guy running off the field, and he ran. He, like, jumped in front of me coming off the field, and I bumped into him, kind of pushed him off. He ended up on the ground. Uh, So I want to say sorry to him for that, because that was just frustration mixed with him literally just running in front of me. I shouldn't have responded that way, but that's how I initially responded. I want to apologize to him for that. So... (laughs) Uh, You know, I'm kind of going to side with, with Devontae, but kind of not. Uh, you see it all the time, and here, shout out me, Kirk Kelly would love this, shout out me, I find a way to get a pro wrestling reference into every single episode we do. We, you know what, I'm, I've determined we can have an episode about Jesus, and I would find a way to get pro wrestling mixed in with Jesus. Oh, Backlash, April 2006. Shawn Michaels wrestled with God to take on Vince McMahon, see? Look look at me go. But, <laughs> uh, you know, athletes are taught and pro wrestlers, and that, you see a, you see somebody that's not supposed to be there coming at you, you always assume they're coming to hurt you. Fans jump the guardrail and get in the ring, that's why you see guys break kayfabe. That's why you'll see the bad guy and the good guy in the wrestling ring Stop. And they 're both toe tagging this motherfucker. you see a guy running on the field now this guy was credentialed he had credentials, he had the lanyard and everything i don 't know if devonte didn 't see that or or what, regardless, Devontae's going to be in some in some deep shit. You have to believe that fines are coming and uh and rightfully so, you mean like i said i do I, I support him. In theory, I don't support him. In action, I do. I do support him in that you know I don't know who this person is, but that's what he says. But I also don't support him because if the guy was credentialed, you're going to know who it is. There's no credentialed guy going to come running at a at a wide receiver that's six foot three, six foot four, two hundred twenty five pounds, a solid fucking sheer muscle. You know it's not going to happen. Um, either way. Uh, Devontae messed up you have to believe though like a, 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 with with the times we were living in in 2022 and how we have become such a politically correct society over the last decade uh, he's probably gonna I would imagine he's probably gonna ride the pine for a, a game or two but definitely a fine and you know a, a, I don't know how much it'll be a $10,000 fine to these guys I'm pretty sure in my opinion is the equivalent of like 100 bucks you want to hit these guys where it hurts, you hit them with like fifty, sixty 60,000 dollar fines, but anyways, it's just uh I mean, come on, man. You're a pro athlete. You know, kids look up to you. As Kurt says, you play a children's game for to make your living like like what are you doing? LeBron James' son is in the news by the way. Uh one of the things I, I put some stuff in the news about him and uh, Carlos Boozer's kids uh, in the episode that we missed last week. Now, now the rule of thumb with the Weeknight Chronicles for us is uh, I generally like to keep the news about a week, you know, a uh, a full length current events. We usually expand out and cover in about a month. You know, I, I was asked what what's the difference between you guys doing. A weeknight chronicle and a full length current events. Well, number one, besides the fact that they're hour, hour and a half long episodes, is the fact that with uh, full length current events, we just we we pull news from a little bit longer of a tideline and we term it a little bit deeper. But anyways, there was some news about some stuff going on, some interleague play across the country with these, but now there's some more news that come out yesterday about LeBron James's son. He had finalized a NIL deal, which is name, image, and likeness. Which you, if you're a sports fan, you've seen a lot coming about NIL and college athletes and stuff right now. Well, LeBron's oldest son, Bronny James, um, he's a high school senior. Uh, he turned 18 over the weekend, and you know he signed with Nike, um, and he's, uh, you know, excuse me. His LeBron, as you know, has signed like a a lifetime deal with Nike like not quite ten years ago, maybe eight years ago, something like that uh anyways, his son's involved with this new Nike shoe as as well as going you know, so you're gonna have a brawny shoe come out eventually, I'm assuming um now. Uh, Nike would put out a statement uh, as well as Bronny James LeBron's son. Bronny would say that um, for as long as I can remember, Nike's been a part of my family. Getting a chance to team up with them and continue my family's legacy on both on and off the court and in the community means a lot to me. Um, Now, Nike would say that each athlete is recognized as a player who is paving the way for the next generation on and off the court. These athletes Push Nike to think about new ways the game can break down barriers, bring people together, and build community and shape the future. Now, of course, in addition to Bronny James, you know they finished deals with uh, point guard out of Iowa named Caitlin Clark, uh, some um, and some other kids across the country. Uh, most notably, uh, coming in as a top twenty twenty three guard was uh, DJ Wagner, a name you've heard a lot more in the last little bit uh, coming out of Camden, New Jersey. Now the specifics about this deal will be announced coming up sooner. Uh, but Nike does plan to partner with each student athlete on a variety of community efforts in their hometown. So for Bronny James, you know, it's it's gonna be Los Angeles, you know, the biggest media market in the country. Or I mean it's argued that it could be New York too, but LA's where all the entertainment is regardless, I'm rambling um, so that'll be something to keep to keep, um, interest in. I think that'll be really cool. Uh, I got a little bit of uh, Olympic news. I'm always trying to, uh, because the Olympics is always something that I enjoyed as a kid, um, and the Olympics are important to this country. I always try to incorporate a little bit of Olympic news in. And especially when it deals with something that we can all benefit from, uh, especially me as a uh, almost four years now survivor of suicide. Um, I like anything in pro sports, college sports, high school sports. I like anything in sports that deals with mental health. Like, you know, Kurt and I went to Richmond and did that collaboration with After Two Beers, and Dutch basically said, you know, the millennials, and and which is my generation, and Gen Z, which is the gen behind me, he said that the one thing you guys get right is you put your mental health over everything else. So I love anything dealing with mental health. Well, yesterday we got news coming out of Indianapolis um, that's just great. And I, and I wanted to put this in here. I wanted to cover this. You know, we've been putting out bangers so far this month. We're, this is probably going to be one of our most... Show heavy months that we've had in a year and a half because there's so much on tap for this month, and I just all I want to do is just record every day. And here I found an hour and a half window, two hour window of time, so we're gonna put something out while my co host is at work, you know. Uh, But coming out of Indianapolis uh, yesterday, earlier today, uh, USA Gymnastics is going to expand their mental health coverage for athletes and coaches under a new program that they've rolled out. So what the organization is going to do is they're going to help cover eight, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They're going to cover eight visits a year to mental health providers for eligible national team members across all disciplines and as well as four visits to mental health providers for eligible eligible coaches under this new program. Now uh, the USA Gymnastics president, uh, Lee Lee Lung released a statement on Monday, said being able to, find, to fund services that athletes and their coaches can receive in their hometowns by being providers is essential for well-being and something we have always wanted to do. So now USA Gymnastics, they will re- reimburse the athletes and the coaches up to $125 per visit. Coaches and athletes may use whatever healthcare provider they would like if the provider has the appropriate training and licensure in sports psychology or mental health. So what's really cool is that this program is going to be funded in part by the organization's agreement with a company called GK Elite who provides training and competition apparel for the USA Gymnastics team. And a portion of the sponsorship deal has been specifically earmarked to cover the mental hair co- the mental health care costs. So it's all it's it's all funded together. So now, under the previous model, the athletes and coaches they had had access to mental health specialists while attending gymnastic events, such as training and meets. But now, the newer model expands that, so the athletes and coaches are covered financially when they return to their homes. And I just think this is flat out, absolutely fucking phenomenal. And uh, as I said, I don't, I don't take pity. I've been honest. I don't think I've ever put that out here on this show. God knows we've, we've been doing this a year and a half now. Maybe I have. But four years ago, hey, look, I'm a survivor of suicide. Mental health. I never took mental health serious a day in my fucking life till you know I tried to take my life. And now it's of something that's paramount to me. And I just, I had to put this in here. And kudos. To the USA Gymnastics team. And kudos to GK Elite and everybody involved with this. This is absolutely phenomenal. Because you don't know the stress that these athletes and coaches are under. And the stress to perform and the stress to get your athletes to perform. And the things you got to deal with and being away from home sometimes. And, and you know all this stuff. And it takes a toll. And sometimes you feel like you've got nowhere to turn. So this is absolutely phenomenal and uh, kudos to them, and actually, you know what, let's, uh, well, I was going to put a little applause factor in there, but uh, the effects don't come out on tape as well when the earbuds are in versus when they're not, so so we'll let that go, and uh, we're going to move on to something else, but this is probably going to be one of the highlight, one of the capture titles of the episode, the Weeknight Chronicles, because just kudos, man, pro mental health anything, hell yeah. So I was asked uh, a, a friend and I, a friend of mine was talking. Uh, he said, uh, "Are you going to do any Weeknight Chronicles this week?" I said, "Well, I said I'm I'm going to be rolling out to Indianapolis again this week, uh, probably Wednesday." Uh, I've been working from home yesterday and today. I said I'm going to roll out Wednesday. I said, "So probably not." Kurt and I are going to have time to get together. And he's like, "Well, are you going to take your earbuds and do a mini on your own?" And I was like, eh, "Maybe." I was like, well, you're going to talk about these two roughing the passer calls, <laughs> the one from the other night and then the one with Tom Brady. And I'm just not, I'm not going to get into that. I don't, I've kept saying we're like a couple years away from playing flag football. Like, I get it, man. Like, you know, and I've said in past episodes in the archives, like, I love, uh, I take CTE seriously. I do. I mean, my parents graduated high school in 86. They said in 1987 they was going to have a football team. I graduated in 2006. They uh, 2007, they got a football team. Yes, I am extremely fat, but I would have been an offensive. I would have played football had we had the football. Um, but I do take CTE seriously. I do miss the old days. Everybody craves nostalgia. Everybody loves nostalgia. I do love old school hard hitting football, but the fact is you can't do it that way anymore. But you are over calling these quarterbacks, and I get it, if you go if you go right now and you look at uh, all 32 starters, don't take any of your high-priced backups, just look at 32 starters, the normal starters, I should say, the guys that aren't suspended or injured, the guys who would normally start if everyone was healthy and not suspended, I bet you 20 of them at least are making probably $25, 30000000 million a pop. I get it. They're your face of the franchise. You got to protect them, but you're killing these motherfuckers. Like, uh. so I keep making the joke, and it's warranted that we're we're literally um, a few years away from uh, touch flag football, the National Flag Football League, the NFFL. That's where we're at, and that's all I'm gonna say. Look, guys, look, my opinion on this. Um, professionally fuck Tom Brady personally probably fuck Tom Brady but you got to give respect what he's done uh, but it would probably be the same even if it wasn't Tom Brady and here you are because you had another case last night or Sunday night too I don't remember which game it was um, oh, it was it was last night yeah the Derek Carr situation sorry I drew a blank there uh, but I mean come on yeah, so I'm not going to really speak on that. We're going to move on. You guys form your own opinion. and just If Kurt was here, I would definitely hit on it a little more just because I like listening to Kurt bitch about Tom Brady and the tuck rule and everything else. But he's not here. so Now, this one might take a little bit longer. And uh, we all, you guys love callbacks. So here's a callback to just a couple of weeks ago as well as a callback to a little bit uh, towards the middle end of summer. Let's talk about the uh, the Mississippi welfare fraud case and Brett Favre and you know you haven't really received a lot of a lot of information out of the Favre camp aside from that hey what we were doing was legitimate we have no wrongdoing here uh, no one told me what was going on well we finally have got some more information from the Favre camp and from Favre himself. And Brett has said that he has done nothing wrong, and he has been smeared, his words smeared, in the media in response to his involvement in this just massive welfare investigation going on in Mississippi. And like I said, if if you go back to spring, late spring, early summer, when word came out, this was a huge case. It wasn't just Favre's name was involved. You had ties to professional wrestling, the DiBiase family. You had ties to a lot of people. Uh, But we're talking about Favre, and we just covered this just a couple of weeks ago on another Weeknight Chronicle, and we've covered it full length when it first came out in a Weeknight Chronicle. Uh, Favre said that he's been unjustly smeared in the media. He said, I've done nothing wrong, and it's past time to set the record straight. So Favre went on record and said, no one has ever told me, and I did not know that the funds designated for the welfare recipients were going to the university or me. I tried to help my alma mater, University of Southern Mississippi, a public Mississippi State University, raise welfare funds for a wellness center. My goal was, and always will be, to improve the athletic facilities at my university. So, flashback for those that don't remember, and uh, I mean, you can find all about it in our archives. You can find all about, it about Google, but if you just you're like right here, you're in a car driving. Uh, according to a Mississippi State audit, uh, audit. There was like $77 million in temporary assistance for needy families. They call them the TANF funds, which we've you know, we all heard of the TANF funds. They were diverted from the poorest people in America's poorest state towards rich and powerful Mississippians, apparently. Six people have been arrested in the case, five of whom have pled guilty to state charges. Favre has not been criminally charged as of yet, but he is still listed as a defendant in a civil lawsuit filed by the state of Mississippi. So, his Alma mater uh, Southern Miss had received five million dollars in the TANF money, which was transferred to them from the Department of Human Services in a nonprofit and eventually to their athletic foundation. This was supposed to be for a volleyball center, wellness center that would be built on campus. Now, text messages have shown far push for the funding when a volleyball facility was needed while his daughter was still on the team. So, that's what's raising the eyebrows here. Um, now, state agencies, according to Favre, his statement, state agencies have provided the funds to Nancy News Charity, the Mississippi Communica- Community Education Center, to which she then gave the funds all with the full knowledge and approval of other state agencies. Uh, Favre would say that the statewide Institute for Higher Learning, the governor's office, and the attorney's general's office. He said, I was told the legal work to ensure these funds could be accepted by the university was done by state attorneys and state employees. Well, then the audit comes on this year, or whenever it was, and according to the audit and the lawsuit, Favre was paid $1.1 million from the TANF funds for speeches that Favre never showed up and and he never made. Well, Favre paid the money back, but the state is suing him now for $228,000 in interest. And then Favre's attorney had told the news that uh. He never got paid for no show appearance. Anyone who's claimed otherwise does not know the true facts. Uh, He also told uh, Fox News, Farmer's attorney did, that he got paid for uh, doing every radio spot that was requested. Now, Hirschman hasn't really said much since then. These comments were from uh, earlier. Um, But it's ongoing. Um, It's a contest now. To see what's going to happen. Uh, According to the state's audit, the new profit agreed to a sublease with the University of the Athletic Foundation for the multipurpose well center on campus, which uh, was legally substantiated by the use of the TANF funds. So, what happens from here, I don't know. Uh, So far, Favre has maintained and maintained since this story first come out towards the end of spring, uh, early summer, whenever that his hands are clean of this. So, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see what happens. I'll definitely keep you updated on this. This has been a fascinating, fascinating story. Um, and we'll, we'll see what happens. But right now, again, um, Brett Favre has been charged in absolutely zero wrongdoing here. So, so uh, the last Weeknight Chronicles episode we did, uh, we did some uh, some local news. It was local to us here in the Southern Indiana, Western Kentucky, Southern Illinois tri-state. And that was talking about. Churchill Downs and what not. Well, I've got some uh, some more local news that's made national headlines. Uh, and it's college news. And it's about northern Indiana. So did you guys hear about this? So up in uh, the town of Huntington, Indiana, uh, there's a, a school called Huntington University. It's uh, northeastern Indiana. Well their women's cross country head coach and an assistant were placed on leave uh last week after uh a federal lawsuit uh was brought that two former runners had been doped and sexually assaulted well okay i know what you're thinking wow jared your point Not saying this is bad. Don't take it out of context. Just saying your point that we're hearing about these stories all the time. What's the difference? Well, this one's coming out of a private Christian liberal arts university. And, I mean, this is uh, Jesus and T. Toller's here at this place. Uh, So now their head coach, Lauren Johnson, and an assistant coach, Curtis Hines, have officially been placed on administrative leave until further notice. And a lawsuit has been filed in the United States District Court naming um, former coach, Nicholas Johnson, his wife, and current coach, Lauren Johnson, and assistant coach, Curtis Hines, the universities, its trustees, unnamed administrators, the runners are seeking damages from all the defendants in this case. These two young... Uh, the complaint alleges that the Johnsons instilled a program at the university where some team members were invited to partake in a study or an experiment Uh, according to this uh, Nick Johnson, the wife of Coach Lauren Johnson would rub unknown substances onto the student athletes the runners Uh, they said uh, Johnson would perform massages or treatments on them and then sexually assault them now according to the lawsuit the runners say that Hines and and head coach Lauren Johnson knew about the abuse and did nothing and that's that's the outlier we're seeing so many of these cases come up now talking about abuse and outlier where uh, defendants being named that are in positions of power like teachers and coaches and administrators finding out about the abuse and doing nothing that's what cooks your goose right there Like you have no fucking leg to stand on. You know, you might have done absolutely nothing. You might not have had nothing to do with the abuse. But once you become knowing that you knew about it and you sat on your ass and you didn't, you know, get these people in places of safety, you didn't kick these people off the team that were abusing their trust, even though these are grown adults, they're still children to some people. Once you knew about it, you damn right your goose is cooked. Now, um, the university would come out, Huntington University in Northeast Indiana, would come out and issue a statement saying, it has and continues to provide a variety of opportunities, directed avenues for students who are impacted to be heard, obtain counseling services, and make Title IX inquiries. We remain committed to providing a workplace and an educational environment as well as other benefits, programs, activities that are free from discrimination, harassment of any kind, and retaliation. Now, Title IX, of course, protects people from discrimination based on sex in education programs or activities that receive financial aid. So, this will be an interesting story to keep an eye on. Uh, I personally hope all parties involved get their asses handed to them legally. Um, these poor, okay, I, I can't keep calling them children. But you got to understand, I'm a father. You know, I've, I've got a 12, I've got an 11, 8, 4 year old. Um, and they could be 54, they could be 54 and 32 and 22. And they're always going to be my babies, you know, like fuck these people. <laughs> um, I hope they get what's coming to them. And uh, good for these young ladies. Uh, coming out and standing for themselves here. So kudos, kudos to them. Can we talk about uh, Dennis Schroeder for a minute? So this is probably one of the most saddest, hilarious and uh, tongue in cheek stories ever. Uh, Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder is back with the Los Angeles Lakers. It's a twenty nine year old point guard. You know he's uh, he's back for a second stint with the Los Angeles Lakers. Why is this funny? Why are we talking about this? Just because it's just tongue in cheek. It's poking a little fun. He poked fun at himself. Uh, he signed a one-year, two point six four million dollar contract with the Lakers last month. Now he claims. The Lakers never offered him the four-year, $84 million contract extension that he was able to sign in free agency that season. So what am I talking about? If you go back to uh, the news back in 2020-2021 season, February of 2021 in particular, uh, Schroeder was on, appearing that he was probably going to make a little bit of bank from the Lakers. Um, he grossly misunderestimated his value. Free he- the Lakers were going to offer him a contract extension. Uh, right about the time the league shut down for COVID, uh, he ha- about that time he had denied that he didn't want it to uh to sign a long term deal. He wanted to test free agency, see if he could get a max market deal from the Lakers. He had been playing okay. Of course, they were playing ball. They would go on to finish the season as champions. Uh, when the league resumed, LeBron and A.D. and everybody, but um, he grossly overestimated his market value, and um, he should have signed the extension that they had been offering or were going to offer at the time before the league shut down for COVID, because he would end up signing a one-year, $5.9 million deal with the Boston Celtics, and correct me if I'm wrong, he ended up traded to uh, Atlanta or Houston the next season, or maybe before the season. So there's like eighty million dollars worth of uh, leeway here that he never got. And he had you know, and you can Google it, go go look at Dennis Schroeder memes, you uh, see people talking about one of the worst business decisions ever. But uh, he's back with the Lakers now for far less money. Um, it's it's just, I just wanted, you know, to point that out. It's in the news. It's going on. And uh, <laughs> it's just poor Dennis Schroeder. Poor, poor Dennis Schroeder. So one of the things I wanted to talk about last week was the, uh, we didn't get to because things happened, It was the Jordan Poole, Draymond Green thing. Uh, I'm a huge Draymond fan. I know he's an arrogant ass. He does things. Guy posted dick pics online and told everybody it was an accident when it was clear as day. He was just wanting everybody to check out the pipe that the old boy had. Uh, But he's a Tom Izzo coached guy. He's a Tom Izzo bred guy. And I always gave Draymond the benefit of the doubt. I love Big Ten basketball. I love Big Ten coach guys, and Draymond would get in there, and he was nasty. He was filthy. He wasn't afraid to run his mouth. He wasn't afraid to get up on you. And Draymond could ball, but he's done questionable things over the years. You know, he God, he kicked Adams Stephen Adams in the nuts like what twice, five, six, seven years ago. His antics—I mean, like I just mentioned—the whole dick pic that got posted online. Everybody seen. Like, come on! I mean, he's clowning. He's an idiot. But I like the way he balls. But man, I don't know what happened. I seen the video, as you guys seen it. I—I ha- I still have the old notes right here in front of me from uh, last week Thursday night when we were supposed to record and we—we we didn't do it. Like, he just—I don't know what happened. I would love to have been there in the building. It it looks like literally Poole's just there minding his own business. Maybe he was jaw jacking. You're in the heat of the moment with teammates, and I mean Draymond just comes up, and I mean he just heart, he just, I mean he just he just pops the old boy right in the mouth. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but now, um, Draymond spoke out over the weekend. Uh, that he is going to be taking some time away from the team, and definitely because of this situation. He said, I'm going to continue to stay away as I have been in the last few days, and I'm going to continue to work on myself and just give the guys some space. Uh, I do want to give the team some space. I want to give Jordan some space, and then I want to take a few days and continue to work on myself, let everything breed. Now, he did apologize, and he did it publicly. Uh, I don't know how much sincerity you put in public apologies. I personally believe that when you're really that big of a... A celebrity and a, and a rich athlete when somebody's telling you to make a public apology how serious are you about it we'll never know uh, but he he continued to issue a, a um, you know a team wide apology uh, some of his team members apparently haven't been that happy with him uh, I do know that uh, the Warriors are looking to find the source of the leak of the video they're which is interesting to me that in the midst of this, all they're concerned about is who leaked the video from a closed practice. Um, you got a, you got teammates punching a guy, especially one guy just might have just been pop, popping off in the spirit of competition, and the other guy acts like a bully and clobbers him. So, uh, you know... I don't know. Uh, according to Warriors coach Steve Kerr, the video leak has impacted the way the teams have been able to move forward. Uh, Kerr would say that in 32 years, I've probably seen 20-plus fights. It should not make it out of our walls, it, which I agree. You know, Kerr says when things are kept internally, it's easier to handle. As soon as things are leaked to the public, all hell breaks loose. That affects every single player and every single coach. In this organization, it's like if you have a camera in your family and there was a family dispute, would you really want to discuss it with the world? No. And like I said, it, the video doesn't show anything before Green Punch Pool. And Green would not give disclosure as to what happened to make this happen. Uh, so, you know, like I said, I. I'm of the opinion that this is the heat of competition. Boys will be boys. There was some shit talking, even though they're several feet away. And uh, Draymond comes up and pulls just like you know, not going to take any shit, and probably says something back. And you know, Draymond just waffles the ever loving piss out of him. Uh, Draymond just basically said, "I failed as a man and I failed as a lever uh, leader." So. Uh, But his teammates aren't very happy with him. Uh, Now, I don't know how long his absence is going to be, but we're about a week away, I think, from the opening of the season. So I'm assuming this is a multi-million dollar athlete. uh, You know, This is one of the biggest stars of your team. This is one of the faces of your franchise. He'll be suited up, ready to go, tip off opening night. So I know I still want to talk some... um, postseason baseball, and we will. But uh, i got a few other things I want to get to first. So this this little piece here is uh, a little bit of comedic relief, probably when we shouldn't have comedic relief. This is at a time when we probably shouldn't make jokes or speak ill of the dead. But uh, the one thing we don't talk about on this show, and we've talked about it once or twice, is soccer. But I had to put some soccer in here just because of this crazy story that I read this morning uh, about a soccer club being fined over a very not-safe-for-work, not-safe-for-sports banner following the passing of Queen Elizabeth. So uh, Celtic, or Celtic, however they pronounce it, the soccer club, They were fined like uh, fifteen thousand euros, or I don't know the conversion rate. They were fined a lot of money by the UEFA for displaying a banner following Queen Elizabeth's death during their um, Champions League draw last week, according to the Europe Football's governing body. So last month in Warsaw, last month's match they held in Warsaw was held a week after the queen's death, and the celtic fans Celtic fans unfurled a banner which uh, the soccer committee's uh, control ethics and disciplinary body said carried a message that was quote not fit for a sports event uh, so basically while another uh, while one baroner had this, you know, explicit remark. i i I can only imagine it was something like "fuck the queen" or, you know, "the queen's dead, go to hell." Something like you don't, you don't know. I haven't googled to see what it is. Um, you know, it's bad. Well, there was a second banner that took another cheap shot. Uh, that was an inside joke that also pissed people off because the people didn't think that inside joke was all that funny. So the second one was a uh, banner that said, Sorry for your loss, Michael Fagan. Okay, so this is a reference to a guy, an unemployed laborer, uh, an un- unemployed laborer, who had snuck his way into the Queen's Buckingham, House, Buckingham Palace bedroom way back in 1982, five years before I was born. Uh, he snuck in there to her room and he spoke with her for a few minutes before he was hauled off by security guards. So, it was an inside joke at that. So, uh, there were several other clubs here that were kind of involved in this and then you know, they were they were fined for this and uh, told they were being blatantly disrespectful to the passing of the Queen and I just shouldn't laugh it's, it's stupid but I like the inside joke. You know, um the guy <laughs> sneaks into the Queen's bedroom and talks to her for a few minutes. Just chit chat and then she has him hauled off. She hears what he has to say, she listens to him, then she has him hauled off and anyways. So I'm gonna I, I got a couple things hockey related and, and NHL related. I wanna I wanna take a stab at this. Um I can't wait, super excited tonight. You know, Knock on wood, something always manages to go wrong every time I say we're doing something with somebody else. Uh, hopefully everything goes right. Uh, I'm excited to have this hockey episode tonight, this season preview. Uh, but I want to talk about Ian Cole of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Ian Cole's a defensive uh, for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, he's going to be having an in-person interview tomorrow afternoon in New York as part of the NHL's investigation into um, some sexual misconduct allegation against him, and, you know, here we go, again, and trust me, I'm all for women's rights, I, I have said that, I've mentioned that before, the Me Too movement is a serious thing, it needs to be taken serious, regardless of that fact, um, Every day, someone's coming out of the woodwork complaining about these professional athletes and the things they're doing and, um, allegations, and some of them are true, and when it's true, they should be held accountable, uh, they should be punished. When it's not true, you know, something needs to be done to the reported accuser, uh, Anyway, that that's for another time and place. Let, let's focus on this. Uh, if this young lady was seriously, things happen to her, then um, no matter if you like Cole or not, then he needs to be punished and held accountable and uh, never see the ice again, maybe. I don't know. But Cole's going to be interviewed by Jared Maples. This guy is the head of uh, security for the National Hockey League. So now, Cole was suspended by Tampa Bay over the weekend uh, because a Twitter user who identified herself as a woman named Emily Smith, she came forward alleging that she not only was sexually abused and groomed, uh, she was a minor when this happened by Cole. Uh, A statement released through his agent, Cole said that he would fully cooperate with the investigation and he looked forward to clearing his name and demonstrating to the NHL and the Tempe Lightning that these allegations are completely unfounded and not true. Now, Jared Maples come into the NHL last year after serving as director of the New Jersey Homeland Security Office. So, this is a serious guy. Uh, Maples has been involved in other league investigations. Um, you know... With especially dealing with the Evander Kane situation last year uh, for the San Jose Sharks, um, the sexual allegation there, uh, but according to sources, the light, it was the Lightning's own doing. They've decided to to just suspend Cole until the completion of the investigation. Um, now they open the season tonight. The Lightning do against the New York Rangers um so obviously Cole's not going to be there uh Smith posted on Twitter that she was groomed by Cole for years starting when she was a minor in high school and noted that Cole was where she noted that Ian Cole was well aware of the age difference and that she was underage she said as a teen I didn't even know what grooming was when you're young and this happens you, you don't realize you were a victim As I got older and built self-esteem, I have to started to fully understand the extent of what happened to me and that this would have never been considered consensual. So, if this woman was harassed, uh, good for her for having the strength and the courage to come out and confront this. And shame on you, Ian Cole. If it's found to be not true, then let's get him back on the ice because uh, even though I hate the Lightning, he's a hell of a player to watch. And sticking with hockey, just for a minute, not really the NHL, though, uh, as we have known to do, we do callbacks so much. Uh, here's a callback to the Hockey Canada story and the whole uh, Team Canada World Junior Players 2018 sexual abuse scandal that we've been talking about over multiple Weeknight Chronicle episodes. Well, uh, today, this afternoon, about midday, uh... CEO of Hockey Canada, Scott Smith, stepped down and announced his uh, resignation uh, amid leadership changes um, that ended up including the federations, pretty much the entire board of directors, stepping down. So now you have an interim management group that's going to come in to steer the day-to-day operations uh, until a new board is put in place for Hockey Canada members. Uh. So, and that's not going to come till in December when they have their annual meetings. Uh, but until then, the interim management company will ensure progress of Hockey Canada's action plan. Like, so, so now the CEO stepping down, and this is in the midst of this just massive overhaul of personnel that's been going on. Uh, the interim board chair, Andrea Skinner, we talked about her a couple episodes ago, uh You know, she resigned Saturday after just a couple months on the job. Uh, So, this this is all under the fact that Hockey Canada has been under so much scrutiny for the fuck-ups that they have done, and it's clear that there's been fuck-ups, because um, the national government body has paid undisclosed amounts of settlements to a woman who brought over a $3.5 million lawsuit against them over sexual assault by 8 of Team Canada's World Junior players 3 years ago. Well then in July it had come out that it had paid out $7.6 million in 9 different settlements related to assault and sexual abuse allegations that date back as far as 1989. This is a story worth watching, I'm going to report on this as often as I can because I love hockey. Uh, and I love seeing people that fuck up in such a hurtful way to others get what they get, and, yeah, anyways, I mean, it's it's just, uh, I I hate these, you know, yeah, (laughs) you know, I just, ah, fuck them, man, fuck them, you piece of shits. Uh, and a little bit of breaking news. Not really breaking news. Uh, uh, but today, a former Los Angeles Angels employee was sentenced to 22 years in federal prison uh, for his role in the death of pitchers Tyler Skaggs. So... So, Eric Kay was uh, sentenced in... Uh, District Court, Fort Worth, Texas, uh, facing, um, like, two counts in prison. Uh, There was no emotion being shown from Eric Skaggs' widow. Uh, For those of you that don't remember what I'm talking about, you have to go back to the summer of 2019. Uh, Tyler Skaggs was found dead in a Dallas hotel room. Uh, uh, They were... um, the Angels were supposed to open a four-game series against the Rangers on July 1st, 2019. Uh, this Eric Kaye was convicted on one count each of drug distribution resulting in death and drug conspiracy. The coroner's report on Skaggs, who was 27 years old when he passed away, said he choked to death on his own vomit and that a toxic mix of alcohol, fentanyl, and oxycodone was in his system. Those of you that don't know a lot about the opioid epidemic, let me tell you a little something about it. Um, oxycodones, which I mean, I don't, you know, fentanyl's even worse, but oxycodone, you cut that up, that's like legalized heroin. Uh, I've seen many celebrities sit down and say that when they had nothing to do, they'd t- they'd find a bunch of oxies and they'd cut them up and snort them. It's legalized heroin. It's legalized cocaine. Uh, now Kay is 48 years old uh, during this trial they presented evidence that he was making derogatory comments about Skaggs, his family prosecutors and jurors and phone calls and emails after he had been convicted in February uh, he was showing no regret no remorse, no support nothing like that it's his fault that a guy is dead um, so uh, this trial included testimony from five major league players who said they had received oxycodone from Kay at various times over the years. The years K was accused of uh, obtaining pills and giving them to players at the Angel Stadium during a three year run 2017, 2018, 2019. He said uh, he also used the drugs himself, uh, but other than that, he gave no real information, so, you know. So I guess we'll go ahead and start wrapping this up. But, yeah, we're in postseason baseball. Um, right now the Phillies are playing against the Atlanta Braves. So you've got an NL East division rival in game one of the NLDS. Um, I I'm Obviously, I didn't think that my team was going to make it. I haven't spoke nothing positive about the Phillies in a couple of years. Uh, I miss the old days when we would dominate the NL East. Um, but, you know, they beat the Cards. I thought Pujols was going to do it. This was going to be his year, his run. Like, what a going away present. Uh, him, Yachty, and Wainwright. Imagine if they could do it all over, 2006 all over again, man. Uh, anyways. Uh, they will be without... Uh, their reliever, David Robertson, uh, because he got hurt celebrating the victory over the Cardinals. He strained his calf by jumping in the air like an idiot when Harper hit his home run. Now, uh, their start game uh, went started at 1 o'clock today, so it should be about over. Uh and matter of fact, let me give a scoring update as I say this. Uh, no, it is over. Phillies one seven two six. Uh, but we are in the top of the fourth right now for the game one of the ALDS with the Seattle Mariners against the Houston Astros. So that'll be something to watch out for. Uh. One thing that is interesting, though, here is that the number one seed in the NL, the Dodgers, they're going to leave Kay, Craig Kimbrell off their postseason roster against the Padres for the NLDS. Now, uh, Kimbrell's an eight time All Star. You know, he's got almost 400 career saves, but he struggled some this post uh, last year. Or not last year, during the regular season, I should say. Uh, so I'm assuming then that that means is going to do a closer by committee type approach. So, who knows who they're all going to trot out. I would have thought you would have stayed Craig Kimbrell, but that's, again, that's my opinion. So, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, and, yeah, hey, man, we're in postseason baseball. Like, there, there's so many good times of the sports year. Especially the end of March, beginning of April, because you've got na you got NFL free agency going on. You've got March Madness. You got you know you're, you're marching towards the postseason in the NBA and the NHL. NASCAR is just really starting up. Uh, but man, you you get this time of year too. October's special because here you you know the NFL's about a month into their season. Okay, you've got postseason baseball. You're getting ready to have the season open up on the NBA and the NHL. NASCAR has just wound started to wind down. Uh, golf's really starting to wind down. Like, I don't know. I'm I'm getting to think fall sports could give spring a run for their money. All right, guys. I think that's all we're going to cover for today. Uh, again, we're gonna we've been putting out a lot of content for the month of October. Uh, I, I, again, I, I, say this every episode, I have to get in touch with, uh, Doyle. He, he's really wanted to do this NBA season preview. Uh, we just cannot seem to get, make the schedules work. Um, so I need to get in touch with him to, to see if we're going to do this. I'm looking forward, you know, knock on wood again, uh, provided something major doesn't happen, Tyson and I will, uh, we're going to do it remote, obviously, cause it's going to be a late night. So I'll, I'll Bluetooth him in with the, uh, the BTA adapter on the equipment. We'll do the season preview on hockey. Um, I'm hoping now with this schedule change with the kids, Kurt and I can bang out back to back episodes this week and next weekend. Um, and then of course the weeknight Chronicles are going to continue whether I'm doing this with Kurt or, or by myself. And, uh, I, you know, um, I don't know what I was going to say. I, I was just, uh, I'm super excited. I'm just, I'm so excited. Like, Uh, I've been really invigorated this month, really for the last month, ever since we got back from our trip to Richmond with uh, the After Two Beers crew, uh, that's all I want to do, I just want to get on my, I just want to record, I want to record, I want to record, and obviously you guys are listening, so, I mean, that's a good thing, but uh, yeah, I I think that's all the, the time we have for now guys so um again thank you for for all your support uh for all your you know the podcast here we, we could not do this without you guys and um yeah so for uh, Kirk Kelly I'm Jared Atkins and uh we hope you enjoyed this uh this quicker abbreviated version of um Steel Toads and Scoreboards, The Weeknight Chronicles. And we will see you guys next week.